welcome back to Crack On. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And also, once again, if you like the podcast, share it on social media, give it five stars in the podcast app and keep listening. So I know last week I introduced my long-awaited segment, Crack of the Week. And so I thought I would tie in my topic this week with my guest, Connor O'Donoghue. Because when we recorded this episode, Connor and his band Wild Youth were preparing to sing in a competition on the Late Late Show in Ireland, where six acts would perform and the public decide who is best to represent Ireland in the Eurovision 2023. I was in Ireland, so I was lucky enough to be able to vote and I was absolutely delighted to see that Wild Youth won. They are representing Ireland this May in Liverpool for the Eurovision, which is so exciting. But I think such a cool thing to note, which Connor mentions in our conversation, is that in 2020, Connor actually tweeted, I want to write Ireland's Eurovision song. And he did. So I thought a nice crack of the week would be looking into more examples of this. You know, people manifesting stuff they want or making it happen, whatever you want to call it. Okay, so my first one is in 2014, Simu Liu, who we all know as Shang-Chi. I say we all, having not seen literally any Marvel films, but knowing who he is because Chriselle sold him a house on Selling Sunset. But that's neither here nor there. He tweeted in 2014 and he said, Hey, at Marvel, great job with Captain America and Thor. Now how about an Asian American hero? And then... In 2018, he also tweeted, Okay, Marvel, are we going to talk or what? Hashtag Shang-Chi. And now here he is as Shang-Chi about to make the sequel. Like, how cool is that? And keeping within the Marvel universe, Irish actor Barry Keoghan, literally been saying Keoghan until recently, um, when I was corrected. So he tweets Stan Lee in 2013. And he said, Stan Lee, please make me a superhero and a smiley face. And he made his Marvel debut as Druig in The Eternals in 2021. And also, Barry has just been nominated for a literal Oscar for his performance in Banshees of Inisherin. Like, does it get any better than that? Okay, so my final one is in January 2010, Niall Horan tweeted, applied for X Factor, hope it all works out. I think we can all agree that it it did indeed work out. Like, I don't think that's, like, subject to opinion, you know? It pretty much worked out. Uh, so I guess what I'm taking from this is that all we need to achieve our dreams is to get a Twitter account. Am I right? I don't know what I want to manifest, but once I get Twitter, I'll put it out there. And uh, maybe I'll win a Golden Globe, okay? And I know you're like, for what, Maraid? What do you want to win your Golden Globe for? I don't know yet, okay? But if I tweet it, then it's sure to happen. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with my lovely conversation with writer of this year's Eurovision entry for Ireland, Connor O'Donoghue. Okay, so welcome to the podcast, Connor O'Donoghue. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so firstly, we have to start with the big news that came out yesterday, I think. So you guys could potentially be representing Ireland in the Eurovision. Yeah, we could be, yeah. So we do the Euro songs on the 3rd of February, which is like on the Late Late Show. 
And then it's like a public vote and there's two like juries and they all decide between the six acts who is the person that goes to represent Ireland at the Eurovision in Liverpool. Oh my God. Okay, so when did you find all this out? Like, how do you feel about it? This is so exciting. Uh, well, it's actually quite funny. I I was watching videos of the Eurovision one day on uh, YouTube from like, I think it was like 2001 and I was watching like Man of Skin and like different people. And I was like, fuck, I was like, that actually looks so much fun. Like that stage is so big. And then I, I literally just, I was on my phone and I was lying on the couch and I tweeted and I said, I want to perform with the Eurovision. I want to write the song for Ireland. And suddenly, like, oh it kind my of, God. Like, and then some like newspapers picked it up and it's like, wild dudes want to represent Ireland at the Eurovision. And it kind of became this thing. And then I was like, I was like, let's just, like, let's just go for it. Let's do it. Uh, oh my God. So you fully like manifested this. But it's more just, I just tweeted it. Like I always, like people <laughs> like always kind of slag me because I always just tweet like whatever it is on my mind. And I just think Twitter's kind of funny like that. I hate the other side of Twitter, but I think it's just kind of funny like that. You can just literally tweet the most random shit. Yeah. I just literally tweeted that. And then it was like, I can't remember. It was like the Daily Mail or something did like an article on it the next day. And then, like, everyone kind of started talking about it. And then the more I was like, we should do it. I was like, it's something, because, you know, we've released songs and we've done some amazing things. But, I, like, I always love the idea of, like, just doing something new and a challenge and kind of yeah. stepping. It's so different, out yeah. Your comfort zone. And I even saw that from, like, yesterday. I'm like, it's just such a different experience. Because our song, the song that I wrote in Sweden for the Eurovision and for the Euro song. Uh, like got played yesterday on like Ryan Tuberty's show for the first time and it's like normally if you're in a band and you release a song it's like you've got an audience that follows you and really wants to hear your song mm -hmm. and they're always going to be very like positive and like loving towards your song because they you're like family they love they you. follow yeah, you and they follow yeah, you for yeah. a reason whereas for the first time ever our song was going out to more people than would follow us if you know what I mean so it's like Mm -hmm. for the first time ever you get a few people going what the fuck is this shit you know what I mean or like <laughs> <laughs> like I think someone gave the song zero out of ten yesterday on Twitter um but overall um <laughs> overall the response was amazing and uh very cool and it's just quite exciting and fun to be a part of and I just want to kind of enjoy it all and just have that is so cool okay so February 3rd and you'll know that night who yeah. is gonna represent yeah, I, I, okay I honestly I lose countless hours of sleep thinking about that dreaded, like, wait, you know, like the X Factor wait when they're, like, about to yeah. announce. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know that must be, I mean, yeah, that will be intense, but I think that will also be really fun. And I'm, I really hope you guys win. Oh, my God, it would be so cool. And then you'll have another, you'll have that kind of, like, wait on, like, such a big scale yeah. when you actually do go to the Europe. Right, so we're getting a couple more zero out of tens. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you guys will be great okay i'm so excited for you i love that that is just i didn't realize you wrote the song as well i thought it was like the swedish guy that does these kind of eurovision songs you wrote it with him or no i wrote it with a swedish guy yeah um, yeah okay cool yeah I, went, I was over in stockholm for like 10 days and I, I had loads of writing sessions but i wrote this song that day it's actually it's quite a funny story but yeah Wow. Okay. Well, well done. And I'll be rooting for Thank you guys. You. And you'll know, so it's February 3rd, like a live show. Yeah. yeah. You're like, everyone's voting in real yeah. time. Okay. Oh, 
I'll be watching. Um, okay, so let's get straight into it. Obviously, um, I kind of gave you a bit of a brief of the podcast. So we talk about two things that come to your mind when you think of Crack On. So we usually discuss one, you know, first, and then we'll move on to the other. Um, so in your own words, your own time, what, you know, came to your mind when you think overcoming a hardship, you know, cracking on, finding the silver lining, all that kind of stuff? Um, I think for me, with anything like through hardship, is always just kind of busying myself. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. It's like I exercise, honestly. That's yeah. how I kind of got into, like I was saying to obviously before we came on, it's like running every morning. And it's like, whether you go through like a death or a breakup or a job loss or whatever it is, it's like, I always find it gets super on top of me when I have too much time to think. I'm a massive overthinker anyway, and I've got like really severe like ADD and everything. So it's like my mind can totally wander wander one way or another. So it's like mm-hmm. I either channel a certain thing by like busying my mind, waking up first thing in the morning, going for a run, even like to the simple things of like, after my run, having a shower and then going and getting a coffee. After my coffee, I then yeah. walk and get the Jew and I go to the studio and then I'm in the studio from 10 to 12 and then maybe I'll organize like see a friend. And I'm not saying you have to have your whole day busy from, but for a certain part, it's like doing the kind of things you love, like going maybe after like I've been in the studio, it's like I love going to the cinema. It's like going to the cinema or you know what I mean? It's like Mm-hmm. And just putting structure to your day and kind of having things to look forward to throughout the day. So for me, it's like all about not having those moments where I'm left to kind of let my mind kind of get the better of me and yeah. kind of wander down the holes and think about like all the hardship or bad things that have maybe happened. Yeah. So you really thrive in a routine. Like that's your kind of, because I find if you have a busy mind, you have to find these little kind of remedies that will get you yeah, through. And it's it's not even a routine because the routine can be so different every day. It's like Okay. So it's not like I wake up every day, I run, I go for coffee in the same place. It's like because obviously I play music, so that could be like we could be doing shows. So it's like you're sound checking, mm-hmm. you're around the band all the time, you're doing the show after the show, you're meeting people. It's like so it could be a different routine every day. I think it's more so for me, it's just busying myself a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm always trying to kind of stay active. Obviously, having your moments where you chill too and sometimes you just totally want to be by yourself and watch a TV show or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's what works for me anyway, just because my mind is like my biggest enemy at times. So it's like if I give it that opportunity to go into that world where it will start to just go down a rabbit hole and just like catastrophize everything and think the worst of every situation. And it will happen. Yeah. And it will like nine times out of 10 get on top of me. And then I start to get into that mindset. Whereas if I just kind of get ahead of it and try and beat it throughout the day, that's kind of, that's my approach. Okay. So how much is music, you know, and your songwriting, because obviously you have written so many amazing songs, but how much of that is part of your kind of day-to-day of cracking on? Like if your mind is, you know, let's say you're in a dark place, just out of like my own, like I'm just curious how the like songwriting process goes and everything. Like how much goes into the music or is that like you have to be in a really like, you know, peaceful, calm headspace and you will like go off and take the time to write songs? Or is it like you've got so much going on in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm just going to take out yeah. like a notepad now. Yeah, it's more like that for me. I'm like... I think especially because, 
Like I used to go in and write like every day, like every day. It was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'd be in like a studio, maybe take like a Sunday off. But if there was a session on a Sunday, I would like go in and do a session on a Sunday as well. It was like all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I used to kind of look at it and go, oh, like maybe it's like 30% of songs like I really care about and I love and then like the other 70% and I was like, it's because there's certain days where there's only a certain amount of stuff you can talk about before you start saying the same shit over and over again, you know what I mean? Or before you kind of go, so what's going on? And I'm like, well, I've kind of said the six things that are going on. So on day seven, I'm like, you almost, you're making up a situation in your head and they're the songs that I never mm-hmm. wanted to attach myself because like, I always wanted it to be something I cared about. So I remember during the pandemic, obviously, because everything moved to Zoom, you would kind of pick and choose the days when you wanted to write because everyone was just stuck at home. So it's like, if you wanted to write, you would write that day. If you didn't, you, you wouldn't, you know, you'd go and mm-hmm. bake soda bread like everyone else. And it's like, <laughs> um, so, and then like coming out of the pandemic, I found like writing is much more like that. And, you know, doing, so like on, let's say I've got a thing now and, I work with like Universal as well. So I help with like A&R, which is like signing new acts for Universal. So I do that on like a Monday and a Wednesday. But then I find what that allows me to do is like on a Tuesday, uh, Thursday and Friday, it's like I'll go to the studio and it's like three days where I'll write and I'll really feel like I've got stuff to say on yeah. those days. Or maybe I might do two days. But doing two and getting two songs I really care about and that are really honest to me in that week is better than doing seven yeah. songs and five I never want to hear again and two because I feel like yeah. you're exhausting yourself of all your kind of and some people can do it and it's like totally fine but I think for me when I want to make things the best they can be and like super personal and like really relate to lyrics I'm like sometimes for me it's just like less is more and it's like two or three and really like because I might like go back into the same kind of things and just like end up repeating kind of similar lyrics and stuff if I just keep going because I want to care about every song, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Is there any songs that like you really just like, okay, you wrote and they made it to the light of day and you're just like, Oh my God, I just wish it never took off. Like, is there any that like you are like, I'm, I'm like, I finished this and I got to the end, but I don't want to like perform it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do they like? Do are you allowed? Like, did the rest of the band read the stuff before? Yeah, like I'll always, you... I'll always like send it and make sure that everyone is like happy. And if there's certain things anyone wants to change, or if there's things that people aren't happy with, they're like, you know, it's always. I'll always write like the initial song, and then it's quite collaborative. After that, it's like we'll figure it out, and then we'll all record it. Okay, so one thing I want to ask you is obviously you have like shared with me like your remedy for cracking on and what I like always try to get out of a guest and you can give as much or a little detail as you want is like what the things are that they have to crack on with. So like is there like a life moment that like obviously you, you know, are in like a great space and your career is going well and you have your, your... I guess like the ingredients that make you happy and you know what to do to, to crack yeah. on. But are there times in life that you think back and you're like, okay, how did I crack on with that? Like before you had these day to day things that make you happy. And before you were in the space that you uh, are, is there like a life moment that you can share with me? Yeah, Well, I, like I, I know me and you go way back. So you obviously you maybe know this, but my mom obviously died uh, when I was younger. And honestly, I think back to that time now and I'm like, 
how the fuck did I get like I'm like because me and her were like so close mm. so close like inseparable like honestly like since I was like a baby to like she used to honestly my dad would like leave to go to work and she would like pretend to leave as well to bring me to school and then like turn the car around and like we'd go back <laughs> into the house and spend the day together no joke so you're the baby you're the yeah. youngest in yeah. the family yeah. aren't you uh, yeah it's the same as my brother it's like you don't it's like mums do not hide who the no. favorite is <laughs> no, loved, but like we just had this like kind of thing and obviously because I have my difficulties with learning and obviously I did I've always like really suffered with like my ADD and my like concentration and everything uh, but so she knew I hated like I all I never loved school from an early age because I'm kind of I'm quite competitive and I used to just get so frustrated in school because I just found it mm. so hard so it's like yeah. I felt like no matter how hard I tried I could never win so I used to just prefer to like I don't know I'd like I'd stay at home as much as I could but she honestly used to do that she'd like we'd all get dressed up I get into my uniform my dad would go off because he was like a bit stricter and then I get into a car with her and we'd like go as if we're heading into school and she'd literally turn the car around and we'd go back into the house and just spend the day together. That happened like that is amazing. But yeah, and then I think like, you know, now even if I'm with my like girlfriend and her and her mom have like such an amazing relationship and I'm like, or I see other people and they have amazing relationships with their mom and I'm like, fuck, I was like that. I'm like, if I just can't imagine someone losing someone in that position and now when I think back to like the fact that it happened, mate, well, it happened to us, like, my family, I'm like, mm. I've no idea. And I remember even, like, it's so weird yeah. because it's like, with something, because I think about it all the time and I'm like, I sang at a funeral and I'm like, I have no recollection of doing No. I have no memory of singing at a funeral. I can't remember. It's all just like a blur and it kind of just, everything spirals and suddenly you're just kind of out the other end of, to the point where it's like, you have to kind of just deal with it now. You know what I mean? Everyone's not around anymore. Yeah. It's like, okay, now you have to, as you say, crack on. So you're, yeah, like you're you're feeling like you're out the other side of grief, I'm assuming, because you're in a happy place or how do you feel with it now? Like where, because I think grief is like ever evolving. Yeah. I don't think we ever get to, I do, and I also hear people who let's say their parents, you know, um, are passed away like 30 years and they still have days where they just find it really hard, you know? So yeah. Where do you feel with it now? I think you kind of find peace with it and you like try, I try and find like little things and little signs where I feel like she's with me in a more kind of like spiritual way. Um, and I think that's like super helpful. So obviously there's times where I think where it hits me the most is like big moments in your life when they can't be there or even like mm. if my brothers let's say like have a kid or if um if uh you know like let's say even like yesterday she would have loved like announcing something like that you know what I mean like mm. she would have been she would have loved the buzz of it all and it's like that's so it's almost like you do all these things and you think about that and sometimes things are then a bit deflating because they're never what in your mind they could have been like if she was around and or even like simple things like she was always like whenever I was playing music, she's like, Oh, when you play the Olympia and then like we've played the Olympia now like four times. Every time we play it, I'm like, oh, I wish like that she could see that we're now doing this or you know, all those little yeah. things. But I definitely cope with it a lot more. Yeah, I think the only thing that I fear 
in life sometimes is that maybe I've buried stuff so far down from that time mm-hmm. that it's actually like maybe impossible to like get that back up. So I'm like, cause honestly I've done like therapy and stuff. And it just, it doesn't totally work for, I don't know why maybe I struggle to just open up with people. I'm not like overly familiar with there, but I find it like sometimes in my life, there's certain things that I do, not like in a bad way, but like, I don't know, like certain personality traits now that are with me that I'm like, I wonder if that's just from like burying like this kind of sadness and like, but if it's like Mm. just too far down in the pit now that it's like, I'm just kind of stuck with that. Um, But maybe that's your coping mechanism. Like maybe that stuff is actually, you know, it's like buried in like a safe place because it's the only way you can, continue on like I do honestly believe sometimes my brain plays tricks on me because if I was to wake up every day and be like oh my mom is dead like I don't know if I would like continue the day so it's like I have friends who are like so not spiritual at all and like I'm such a believer in like heaven and also just like that I believe in ghosts I believe that like there's spirit guides everything that you can believe in like I've seen like a million different psychics just because I'll always get like a second opinion (laughs) (laughs) and I have friends who are so not into that which I like I like that there are people who are kind of like not believers and whatever but sometimes when I'm around them, I'm like, okay, but you guys just have to let me have this because it's the only thing that will keep me yeah, totally. from going insane, totally. you yeah, know? And that's what I always say to everyone as well. I'm like, totally. I'm like, whatever. If someone says something to me and I'm like, that to me sounds mental. I'm like, but that's my opinion. I'm like, whatever they want to believe yeah. in, whatever makes anyone feel at ease and makes them, you know, find peace with whatever i'm like that's fine and just let them do it and that's why yeah i don't understand why people have so many opinions on what makes other people happy i'm like if something like- i know especially when it comes to things like grief i'm like okay look if i want to believe that like my mom has reincarnated in my dog i'll, I'll yeah, believe honestly, that. okay yeah. <laughs> no i know it there but i i totally know what you mean like it's like you kind of just have like especially the age you were at like that is so young that you do just like shove a lot of things down. And I'm sure like, I mean, not to stereotype at all, but I do think it's probably very difficult as like a young male. I think women are really open with their feelings and you're, you're often like invited to be very vocal. And Mm. especially like I had like aunties around me and whatever, you know, people are just like, women just will open up like very easily whereas I think it's quite hard as a man yeah I mean I think maybe I'm a touch different like my brothers literally say that I'm the most emotional man that they know <laughs> oh yeah okay but I'm like <laughs> well I'm I mean like, okay like, that's right because like, I'd be quite shy in certain situations so I won't like but if it's someone I'm super comfortable with I'm sure I'd sit in a corner with them and talk for like five hours yeah okay um (laughs) okay well I appreciate you sharing so much with me and one thing you did mention is like school and I want to actually just talk about this because no one has talked about like I guess cracking on in school yet on the podcast and like you find school really hard but like I feel like you're a good inspiration for people who also find school hard because you're now doing so well like did you always know that just like you were not going to follow like an academic path and you just knew you were going to be a rock star Uh, no and it's like because I'm sure there's even other things that I'm involved with in my life that if like my teachers saw me and now they'd be like 
there's no way he's fucking doing that. You know what I mean? It's like, really well, like, even like working with Universal and I'm now like in a, like I'll be in a major office on a Monday and Wednesday. And then it's like, I'm managing a girl and it's like, you know, all these different things and like different business decisions I have to make like every day alongside even with music and being mm. whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, and it, I don't know, like obviously maybe it's changed now. I, I'm not totally sure, but I just found school like quite restrictive in terms of how it focuses on people's talents. And that's what kind of used to frustrate me a lot. And it was like, that's fine. I can like, I can go down to music now and get like, whatever it is, like a really high grade because you do your practical and then get up and perform and, but then other people have that, like, let's say, financial stuff. But that means they can do accounting, they can do business, they can do math, they can mm. do whatever. Some people in the school are, like, half French or Spanish. I'm like, you know, so it's all these different things. But what I found was it was very restrictive. It, it tells you exactly what you have to study. I'm learning this, but I never want to use this again, ever. Like, the minute, like, as we, like we all do, you finish leaving, so you literally get your book and you throw it in the bin. It's like, and you never want to, I'm like, that to me is kind of like a waste, you know what I mean? One thing I do like about yeah. anyone I've spoke to in like the UK goes, and I know it's obviously maybe slightly changed a little bit, but they're not forced to do any subjects. And it was like, they would choose three or four that they're really passionate about and that they love. And their final exams would come down to those three. Cause there were certain things like I loved English. I loved classics. I love music. And I actually love business because I've always been like super fascinated with business. But it was more like languages and numbers I really struggled with, like, a lot. Mm. Like, maths or accounting. And because, especially accounting, if you're doing, like, you know, super, I can't remember what they were called, like, break-even. Um, I didn't even go there. Like, that's how much I did. Like, I didn't even do any sort of business or numbers yeah. or anything. So I can't even help you out with the word. Yeah, but it's like... <laughs> um, but especially because, like, my concentration. So I'll lose my concentration halfway through, like, even a, a line that, like, is something that I'm saying. So I'd be, like, going through this and be, like, a full-page line, and I'd be, like, and then I'd drift off, and I'd be, like, oh, fuck, where did the nine come from? <laughs> <laughs> like, how did I get nine? And then, like, honestly, I'd be, like, totally lost. Um, but I, I always like business because it was kind of less about the numbers and more just like the running of a business. But I'm like, if I did those four subjects, I would have loved going to school every day. If I could have done music, yeah. English, classics and business, I would like it. But it was the subjects that like scared me so much that used to give me that like anxiety in my stomach every day that I hated putting on my uniform, that I hated going in every morning, that I used to like dread the whole day and almost even in the subjects that I loved, I used to be dreading going into French, you know what I mean, in case I got asked a question. And it was just all those things that kind of then made me go the other way and just kind of for the sake of not having that embarrassing moment in a French class, I would just not go in for the whole day. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, my God, I completely get you. I mean, I was the same with school, and I was just like, I think by fourth year, I was like, I don't need to be here. Like, I'm going to be a star. Yeah. <laughs> I can vouch for that, too. Like... I knew you back then, and I can vouch that that's exactly how you were. I was like, I'm over this. Like, I'm merely showing up to Yay. have lunch with my friends. <laughs> so, question one in the lightning round. Your personal idea of the crack. So it can be a night out or a night in. Uh, night out, always. Yeah. yeah. What's your ideal night well, out? it's both. Like, honestly, sometimes my favorite thing in the world is, like, just the cinema. Like, dinner in the cinema. 
Yeah. And then or it's like dinner at the cinema or else like going out, being like in a bar that's like not too loud, but with your friends somewhere ideally that would serve like Guinness and like being at a good table with like all your friends. And it's just like, it's not like a club running, but it's like just stories and like good fun. Like that would be yeah. my ideal kind of night. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a good one. Okay, a habit you can't crack. A habit I can't crack. It's kind of become how I get the shivers like 75 times a day. No joke. And it kind of like, I like, it's like runs through my, you know, like when you get the shivers and I get it and it's like, yeah, it just like kind of shocks my body and I can't shake that ever. And it's really weird when I'm talking to people and they don't. Do you like bring it on yourself? I don't know. I have no idea what it is, but it, like it just happens throughout the day, like maybe once every hour. But sometimes when I'm talking to people, it's, sometimes it can be like quite severe, but I'll be talking to people and it'll happen and you can see that they're kind of going, what the fuck is this guy doing? Um, <laughs> but that's one thing that I would love to shake for sure. Okay. I mean, I would also get that checked. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I looked it up and it says it's from chronic anxiety, but so I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, there's something like getting the shivers. I mean, there, but also I'm so deep on like health TikTok these days that like uh, I've convinced myself I have everything. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's so bad. You know, like shivers means that you are, you know, I don't no, know. No, but honestly, like, have, I looked up these things. So I've had this like pain in my like left shoulder as well for like so long. And it's like, looks it up, it's like chronic anxiety. I'm like, maybe I need to go and see someone. Um, <laughs> all signs are leading to chronic anxiety. Chronic anxiety. Yeah. I mean, you're, the fact that you go for runs is great. Oh, yeah. That's definitely I wouldn't, able, like, I wouldn't be able to survive without going for runs. Yeah. Um, okay, the first time you cracked on, so your first kiss, do you remember your first kiss? Yeah. Yeah, in my local tennis club. Go on. Um, in my local tennis club, went down, we all played tennis, and then I was like, this sounds so weird now when you say it, but like three of my friends were like set up to kiss like three girls. We were yeah, all just that's like there. normal. We are all like <laughs> yeah. in a line kind of like kissing. It's like. How old were you? 12. Yeah, that's, isn't it so funny? Like, it's like the weirdest, most manufactured, like, okay, you stand there and then he's gonna like, like our situation was like down in Wexford. We were in like the mobile home park and someone would be like, okay, you go behind that mobile home and then he's gonna follow you in two minutes. <laughs> Honestly, I remember uh, I was meant to have my first kiss like a couple of weeks before and it was all set up. So I was like, oh, okay, you just need to walk down there. Like she'll be waiting down there. And I'm like, and I totally freaked and I was like, pretend I got pretended I got a fake call and I was like, Yeah, oh shit, okay, cool, yeah. And I was like, shit, lads, that's my mom, I have to go for lunch. But tell her I'll be back in like an hour. Literally went home. She was then going out with one of my friends when I got back. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I got called sandwich boy for the whole summer. So like it could it literally <gasps> couldn't have gone worse. Oh, so you kissed someone else then, like after that? Yeah, the, then the next time I was still petrified, but I was like, I can't I can't. I have I know. to get rid of Sandwich Boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Someone or something that always cracks you up. So it can be like a TV show, a person, a movie, whatever. Always uh, oh, cracks you up. Uh, Ricky Gervais. Um. A time you cracked under pressure. So surely you have lots of times because like going on stage is like pressure. I cracked under pressure when I was meant to have my first kiss. 
You did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sound like yeah. that's what you'll never forget yeah. it now. You'll you've never cracked an impression. I don't know since. why I've told that story. Um <laughs> Um, okay, my final question that I leave um, everyone with is completely unrelated. And I don't know, I can't tell, Connor, if you're going to have an answer for me. But I ask everyone, because I'm obsessed with reality TV, uh-huh. do you have a favorite reality TV star? Um, Kristen Cavallari from The Hills. Great answer. Oh my God. And I haven't got that before. That is an original. Well done. I used to seriously fancy her when I was younger. I mean, she was just so cool. I mean, she's still so yeah. cool. Okay. Wait, before I um let you go, what is your favorite song to perform? Like what's the song that like people love at the moment? Um, For Wild Youth. Um, yeah. I think it's probably next to you. Love Can't that. move on. It's always good because everyone knows it. So yeah. Uh, can't move on in next year, probably. Amazing. Well, Connor, thank you so much for doing this for me. I'm so grateful. And thanks for being so open and sharing so much. Mm-hmm.